Hello my beautiful listeners. I have really enjoyed preparing for this episode of Forgotten Books. But before we go into it, I am the greedy reader and welcome to my podcast Forgotten Books where I talk to you about books that were popular long long ago but somehow seem to have vanished vanished into the recesses of our memories. So this is my attempt to bring them back to you. Every episode is a delight for me, but this particular one more so. Because I decided to visit one of my favorite places, which is the public library, and see whether I could borrow this book and read it again. And I went there, I got it. It's one of those old books. It was published in 1975. So it has been bound and it's got yellowed pages and I loved reading it. So usually I read the books you know that are present on forgotten books I read it long before or uh, it's very fresh in my memory and so I don't need to go and read it again. But this one I had read long back. And so I thought I would see how it has withstood the passage of time and let me tell you with complete conviction that it's a brilliant read even today okay you'll be wondering which book i am being so eloquent about it's none other than the eagle has landed by jack higgins published in 1975 and this is in a genre that i've read quite a lot world war 2 books and i think that was a very rich and fertile ground for thrillers and spy novels most of the novels approached the theme in a very binary way but in this novel you will see a glimpse of good in the evil the novel begins with the author himself jack higgins visiting a church in the village of studley constable in norfolk england he is researching a story that he wants to write so this reminded me of some movies where the directors appear in cameo roles So here we see an author who is appearing in a small role who is appearing as a small part of his own book. So Jack is trying to find more details of a person who lived long ago for a story that he is writing. And uh, while conducting the research he goes to a graveyard and he literally stumbles upon a concealed grave with an inscription in German. and higgins with his basic knowledge of german reads it it says quote here lies colonel kurt steiner and 13 german paratroopers killed in action on the 6th november 1943 unquote higgins is shocked out of his wits you should remember that this is a village in interior england where nothing noteworthy has ever happened so why is there a grave holding the remains of german paratroopers there the author's curiosity is awakened and he goes back to the church and he's stunned when the father father vereker gets enraged when he is asked about colonel steiner the father claims ignorance and uh, he asks higgins to leave the property Higgins then goes to the local pub. So you should understand now that this guy is now very very curious and he is an author so he wants to know what is the story behind this. So he goes to the local pub 
There he casually tries asking questions, but there too he is met with extreme hostility. No one wants to discuss the German soldiers. And moreover, they actively discourage further conversations about the topic. So at last, Higgins decides to leave. And he walks back to his car, which is parked some distance away. And one villager sneaks up to him and offers to give information in exchange for some money. To which Higgins agrees. And then he's stunned by what he hears in response to his question about who Stainer was. The villager says, quote, He was the German lad who came here with his men to shoot Churchill. Unquote. And thus starts the roller coaster thrilling read that is the eagle has landed. So Higgins spends the next year putting together all that he learns from research from different quarters and he proceeds to tell us the story behind the presence of German paratroopers in the village of Studley Constable in 1943 in Norfolk. So before I go into the story, let me tell you that this is entirely a work of fiction. And although Jack Higgins includes himself as a part of the narrative, that too is fiction. It is all a product of his very fertile imagination. The only true incident in this novel is the rescue mission which acts as the springboard for Hitler's plan to abduct Churchill. There actually was a commando operation by a German officer, Otto Skorzeny, to free Mussolini when he was captured. Skorzeny daringly brought out the Italian dictator to Germany, which everybody had thought was impossible at that time. And that is a true incident. Otto Skorzeny later went on to become an agent for Mossad. That's so interesting, the Israeli National Intelligence Agency. So if any of you are interested in real and unheard incidents of the war, check out Otto Skorzeny. His life is the stuff of movies. Imagine being a Nazi and then going on to become an agent of the Mossad. So that is how Otto Skorzeny's life is. Let him go on with his life and we shall come back to our novel. Um, the operation to abduct Churchill is Hitler's mad plan. Because he is so emboldened by the success of Skorzeny that he now wants to abduct Churchill. So this novel is a thrilling narrative of this endeavor. And like a good story, it has many instances of happenstance, coincidences, twists and shocks. So Hitler is gathering his men. He has got his couple of his important people along with him at headquarters and he is talking to them. He's got Henrik Himmler, who's the head of the state police and the state secret police. There is Joseph Goebbels, the ruthless head of propaganda and minister for total war. And there's Admiral Willem Canaris, who's chief of military intelligence. There's some kind of weird dynamics between these chiefs. Because Canaris is a person who's starting to get disillusioned with Hitler, with the way things are going, with Hitler's madness. So... He is going through a lot of conflict during that time. Goebbels is drunk on power and he would agree to anything that Hitler says. Himmler is more into playing a game of power. He is not too happy with Canaris and he knows that Canaris is having some kind of issue and he constantly tries to undermine him. So after Hitler says, or after Hitler airs his remarkably insane idea of trying to kidnap Churchill, the ultimate responsibility 
falls on Admiral Canaris to come up with a viable plan. Canaris cannot believe that Hitler is even thinking about something like this. And he's sure that, you know, Hitler would forget about this foolishness in a couple of days. Yet he asks one of his officers to come up with a feasibility study just to keep Hitler happy. And that officer is Colonel Radl. And here's where the first coincidence takes place. Joanna Gray, a German spy, a German sleeper spy in a remote village in England, has sent in her regular report, in which she mentions that Churchill is planning a private visit to the house of Sir Henry Willoughby in the village of Studley Constable. It's a very confidential visit and Joanna has got this information from Sir Henry himself. Joanna has managed to become a very personal friend of Sir Henry and that is the only way she has come to know about this. This piece of information intrigues Colonel Radl, who then does a lot of research and he comes up with a very daring plan. He takes it to Canaris, but Canaris thinks the whole idea is foolish. He thinks that kidnapping Churchill is impossible and he asks Colonel Radl to file it away and forget about it. However, Himmler, Himmler, through his spies, has come to know of Joanna Gray and her report. And he secretly meets with Radl and gives him the responsibility of the operation. Canaris is to be kept unaware of this. Radl is torn between his loyalty to his superior officer and loyalty to his country. But country wins and he decides to proceed. The first job is to set up a team with the right people who can ensure that the mission is a success. The men chosen in this case are a crack team of paratroopers who are led by Kurt Steiner. This team has a very interesting story because uh, they were punished when they attempted to stop extreme atrocities against a group of Jews by Nazi troops. So the entire team under Steiner had been given a punishment transfer and they are sent on the most dangerous missions after that. Then Radl comes and chooses Steiner and his men because Steiner is fluent in English. Not all his men can speak the language so well so the plan is for them to go in as Polish paratroopers. Now, there was something called the Free Polish Army who were Polish soldiers who were fighting with Western allies. So that is Steiner and his men. Then there is an Irishman, an IRA member called Liam Devlin. And Devlin hates England for what they are doing in Ireland. And for this reason, he is ready to side with the Germans against England. And Devlin is sent first to become a part of life in that village. He goes as Joanna Gray's friend's nephew. And she manages to secure employment for him as a gameskeeper in the estate of Sir Henry. Liam goes there. Liam Devlin is a very charismatic person and he endures himself to the villagers. He settles in and then Steiner and his men are sent in. The plan is simple. Get in touch with Joanna and Devlin. Find out the whereabouts of Churchill. Capture him and whisk him away on a German e-boat that would be coasting nearby at a designated time. But as with all plans, this too starts unraveling when one of Steiner's men tries to help a villager who is in danger of drowning. 
And in the process, that soldier dies and the villagers see that he is wearing a German uniform under his Polish uniform. So Steiner and his men have an emergency on their hands. They have to ensure that the information that they are there should not go out of that village. So they have to capture the entire village and hold them hostage. So the story is then taken forward by the actions that Steiner and his men have to take for the success of their operation. There's an American army team somewhere close by. So do the villagers manage to get word to them on time? So we know, right, that Churchill survived the war. So the, this operation could not have been a success. But Steiner gets very, very close to being victorious. There are many losses that are suffered. And we actually feel bad for the German troops at one point. So after that, what happens to Liam Devlin and Joanna Gray? And back in Germany, what is the fate of Colonel Radl and Admiral Canaris? At the very end, there's a spectacular twist that's slightly heartbreaking. The characters in this novel, they are what I like the most about this book. They're very diverse. You know, they have their own compulsions and they have their own very distinct identities and histories, which makes the actions they take seem very natural. And the story as such is fast-paced and things keep happening one after the other. I particularly love the descriptions of the characters in this book. I'll read, read out one description of Father Verico that uh, Higgins gives right at the beginning. Okay, quote. I turned and found a priest standing in the entrance of the Lady Chapel, a tall, gaunt man in a faded blue cassock. He had iron-grey hair, cropped close to the skull, and the eyes were set deep in their sockets, as if he had been recently ill. An impression heightened by the tightness of the skin across the cheekbones. It was a strange face. Soldier or scholar. This man could have been either. But that didn't surprise me. Remembering from the notice board that he was a Jesuit. But it was also a face that lived with pain as a constant companion if I was any judge. And as he came forward... I saw that he leaned heavily on a blackthorn stick and dragged his left foot. Unquote. So these are the kind of descriptions that the author has given. And you actually feel that these characters come alive before you. Even the descriptions of the place, the situations. They know it's very, 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 what do I call it? It makes everything so real. It makes everything so real you feel that you're actually watching it. And the amount of research that has gone into this is simply amazing. And uh, to think that this was written in 1975, where getting information involved going to a particular place and finding out stuff that is available there. And like I said, although we know that Churchill was never harmed, we still are engrossed in the details of the plan. And we wonder whether it will succeed or not. I found this same element, the same kind of structure in the novel Day of the Jekyll by Frederick Forsyth that I had featured in season one of Forgotten Books. So today's forgotten book was The Eagle Has Landed by Jack Higgins. And if you're in the mood for a well-written, fast-paced thriller set in World War Times, 
immediately go and read The Eagle Has Landed by Jack Higgins. A movie of the same name was made in 1976, starring Michael Caine, Donald Sutherland, Jenny Agutter and Robert Duvall. And it was a super hit, which only made the novel more successful. Jack Higgins even wrote a sequel to this called The Eagle Has Flown, which was published in 1991. So, that was the forgotten book of today. And we come to the end of this episode of my podcast, Forgotten Books. And I will keep coming back every week with a forgotten book. If you have anything to tell me, if you have any book that you would like me to read, if you have any book that you would like me to talk about, do write to me on Instagram where I am the greedy reader or you can message me on my website www.thegreedyreader.com or else you can message me on YouTube where I am the greedy reader. So, like I said, it's the end of the episode today. And you guys, it's a weekend ahead. And while you're making plans for your wonderful weekend, do factor in some time for reading. The workaholics among you, please put aside your work for some time. Spend some time for yourself and with your loved ones. Make memories. Be happy. And till we meet again next time, you guys stay safe. Take good care of yourself. Bye-bye.